All right, everybody. We are here, Jack Roche and I, back on one-on-one, New York's longest-running sports call-in show, and we are lucky enough to be joined now by my friend, Nick's superfan, pigeon catcher extraordinaire, uh, and, and every Nick fan knows him, Anthony Donahue, Anthony MSG, here to talk to us now about not just the game three last night, but game one and game two here at the Garden as well. And how are you, man? What's up, Chris? Thanks so much for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. I'm doing okay. A little, little stressed after last night's game. But, of course, going into last night's game in Atlanta as a fan, my goal, and it's still my goal, is to get one down there. So there's no need to panic just yet. Are there causes for concern? Oh, damn right there is. But there's no need to panic yet. You go... You go in tomorrow afternoon, you get a dub, and then all of a sudden the Knicks are back in control of the series because then two of the next three home games would be at Madison Square Garden. But easier said than done. Absolutely. And you and I were there, part of the post-game pandemonium, as our guy CP calls it. Um, it's, it was a scene in New York City. You know, you, you just said coming back to New York is going to be important, but I have to ask directly, like, as someone who's been to Nick games for decades, yeah. this crowd, the volume, inside, outside, how does it compare? Well, I've been to a lot of big Nick games, playoffs, regular season, the last 20, almost 30 years. I've never heard a crowd so loud. And I was at the playoffs versus Miami, you know, Indiana, you know, first round versus Toronto back in 2000. That was amazing. I've never heard such a louder crowd because obviously it's a lot of young kids. It's a lot of younger people at the games. A lot of the Wall Street crew are probably staying home right now. Maybe they're waiting until the finals or next year. So it's yeah, definitely for the loudest Philly. crowd I've ever experienced the Garden, but also the most different crowd. You know, I was hoping that just off of that energy that, that the Knicks players were able to thrive off of, how important is that going to be for a guy like Julius Randle who's kind of struggled over these past two games? I think kind of is an understatement. He's struggled since the series started. Um, definitely a little worried. I mean, my concern is with Julius Randle. Um, he had a spectacular season. There's no getting around that. I'm not giving up on him by no means. Um, but it's definitely concerning. I wasn't surprised he played bad in game one. I mean, he really wasn't good in game two. He was better in this, better in the second half, of course. Helped lead, lead the Knicks to a win. But he was horrible last night in Atlanta. He was absolutely horrible. Can't buy a bucket. And I know some people are blaming, it's not Tibbs' fault. Like, Julius Randle is supposed to be a star player. Julius Randle is supposed to be an all-NBA player. Julius Randle gets MVP chance every game. You can't do this. Like, you can't, like, he is letting us down. Now, I'm not giving up on him, but right now, I mean, R.J. Barrett hasn't been great either. We haven't gotten much from Reggie Bullock. If you look when the Knicks are successful, Reggie always gives you a couple threes early in the game. Even late in the game, he hit that big three on that Sunday afternoon versus New Orleans to extend the winning streak to uh, six games. But, yes. um, but um, yeah, Julius Randle's been terrible. And I have a theory about it that I, I don't want to make public yet, but um, I'm I excited. might be right about it. I, uh, I, I, well, now I'm just curious, so we'll, we'll have about to talk. About my theory? But now, now, now I'm just not – you've piqued my interest. But Can I tell you my theory privately? No, we'll we'll talk in regards to. Uh, you want me to? You want me to break? I hope I'm wrong about. Do you want me to just tell you my theory? 
Go ahead, Ed. I want to be wrong about it. I hope I am right. I'm not one. Like, there's some fans that would rather be like, let's say you're a fan, you love the Knicks, and you say that Knicks are going to lose tonight. You almost want to lose so you can say you're right. I right. don't want to be right about this. I want to be right. dead wrong. There's an album called um, Tr- My Tribe Called Quest called The Low End Theory. Well, there's an album th- that may be coming out soon by Julius Randle called The Empty Gym Theory. Uh-oh. Where I just think, and I want to be dead wrong, because I don't want to be right about this. The shooting spike? The shooting. The just It's just different playing basketball in an empty gym. I'm sorry, it is. It is like even like not comparing myself to an NBA player, but it's a di- it's different when you're playing pickup and then you're playing in a tournament in front of 200 people, right? So I don't know. I have this. I, I hope I'm wrong, and I I, I don't want to be right. Let me make that extremely clear. But three games in a row like this, and I don't know. I feel like he didn't play great in Phoenix, right? I was at that game, but I don't have the numbers in front of me. Right. That was 10,000 people. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's a little weird. And also, again, I think Julius can handle it. I think a lot of praise has come his way, and maybe it's right. been too much. Like Fat Joe having him on his Instagram live, calling him the king of New York. Come on, Fat Joe. That's too much. That's too much right now. You can't be calling a man the king of New York when he hasn't even won a playoff game yet. And that's not Julius's fault. That's not his fault. No, it's not too much it's too much but i got you and that leads into my next question um the knicks and you and i know well we're not supposed to be here no no but when you get to the playoffs you're in the playoffs time time out what did you think of that theory by the way you know what i i think you're on to something because we're seeing a lot of the bubble guys from last year um look a little deflated to pick a to pick a word carefully and, and this one year thing, not to cut you off but just you know one thing i don't want to go ahead also, and i saw a tweet about a few tweets about this how tibbs wore him down stop stop oh. you know, stop i don't i know that's the narrative of tom Thibodeau ever since derrick rose got hurt in 2012 stop that he's a 27 years old he just had a week off it's got nothing to do with tibbs now if you want to crucified Tibbs for maybe some decision making sure I'm not gonna you can it has nothing and I repeat nothing to do with Tibbs working him too hard zero I hope he comes out and has 40 tomorrow I'm rooting for him yes sir I, I want to be wrong with this theory but I, I feel you scared. I got bubble guys we got bubble teams I mean the Miami Heat are about to be swept in the first round after yeah they're down 0-3 huh that's crazy Milwaukee's for real this year Milwaukee's for real for three or four years. They just haven't got Drew. Drew is one heck of a difference maker. When you add Drew Holiday to Chris Middleton and Giannis, of course, they're going to be way better. So that that kind of leads me into to one last thing I wanted to get your take on um, before I throw it to Jack. And for any last questions, I mean, Giannis was a number one and struggled in the playoffs, right? right? Randall, you know, Knicks, like I was saying, weren't really supposed to be here. Uh, But when you're in the playoffs, you got to look at your team like a playoff team. You got to say, all right, you got to have a number one. You got to have a number. And the people that are fitting into those roles for the Knicks right now are not necessarily doing the greatest of jobs at those given roles. I'm not freaking out because I think those people weren't ready to fill those roles in the first place. I just want to know 
how you're feeling. Like, is Randall in a Giannis situation where if he gets another guy, he's going to be a problem? Or I mean, Randall's a really good player. Randall's been a really good player since he's been in the league. He missed his first year with LA. He played really good next to Anthony Davis in New Orleans. He was obviously terrible on the 2019-2020 season. I think one thing we've learned about Julius Randle, even the last two weeks of the regular season till now, and this is not a knock, he's a guy. He's not the guy. And that's okay. That's okay. He's not the And that's not Julius's fault either. He's a guy. He's it's a very hard player. to be a Batman in the NBA. Yeah. It's I mean, okay like, to be a Robin. And he's all right. credit to him for what he did all year. But I have no problem with re-signing Julius. We can talk about the money stuff in a, next month or in two months. Yeah, that's for later. Bring him back on a four or five year deal because the Knicks do need stability. But he's he's not some superstar. Um, but I don't I don't think he ever was, and that's okay. That's not a knock. If I say you're not a superstar, that's not a knock. He's he's up. He could be a perennial All Star the next six seven years. Well, not if he plays like he did one games one two and three. (laughs) I hope he comes out tomorrow and drops forty. Like he he needs to. Maybe not 40, but, um, you know, obviously we'll talk about Julius Randle, Julius Randle's offseason situation later on over the summer. But it's definitely concerning. And I don't think it's like some of his misses are horrible, you know, and again, playing in full arenas now, not playing in empty gyms. Yeah. So 2019, you know, Randle has that type of rough season. Um, I'm not getting that same vibe from now. You know, I, I, I feel like I feel more confident in seeing him fail almost because I think that this is a position that he's just not ready to be. And it's, it's really hard to be a number one option on a playoff team when the floor shrinks, when every second matters, yeah. when your rotation's changing up because you just figured out your starting point guard was putting you in a hole. Um, yeah, it, it's rough. So, Jack. I, 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 I want to think see. last night if Alfred started, we're down 30 in the first quarter. So, but the, the one thing I would change, and obviously Tibbs knows more basketball than all of us combined, is I still like Derek with that second unit. I didn't love Alec Burks being the point guard. He didn't shoot the ball well last night. What I would do is, and I don't love Frank at all. I don't love him, but I'm starting Frank at that point guard because what Alfred was only playing what 12 to 15 minutes a game. Yes, sir. So, so my starting lineup tomorrow would I go back to Noel at center? Noel was great yesterday. He kept us in the game with those free throws. Only missed like two or what? He's like only missed two free throws out of the twelve he took. So what I'm doing tomorrow is I'm putting Noel back in the starting lineup. I'm starting Frank at the one, even though Frank isn't exactly you know Isaiah Thomas, but you start Frank and then you keep that second unit exactly the same, and then you give Frank the Elford minutes, which is only you know no more than fifteen. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. So is game four going to be more about making adjustments or just playing better? Playing better. Playing better. I mean, it's the playoffs, so you'll make some adjustments, and I'm sure Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks coaching staff and players will. It's about playing better. R.J. Barrett had, like, what, negative five points, you know, last night. Julius Randle was terrible. Got to play better. Adjustments short. Adjustments is an easy thing to say. You're trying to be smart. Play better. And I wanted to give you an opportunity, uh, whether it was the podcast, whether it's your Instagram, your Twitter, um, you know, to, to, to plug, promote anything you've been working on, anything you've got 
uh got going on the that you wanted to promote on the airwaves so yeah for sure you can follow me on social media twitter and instagram anthony msg i'm always up to something um probably not too many events this year till next year but you know i always i'm always up to new things with the knicks shows content interviews events so just check me out and you never know what's next it's always around if if you're at msg you might always see around. him <laughs> if you're so at a nick game you will Atlanta, see him by the way i'm so glad i didn't go Oh man, that was <laughs> listen. Game four, Knicks got to come back and I get think a win. Gonna, I, I think the Knicks win game four. I, I think this, I agree. I think this. I think here's my prediction for the series win game four, win game five, lose game six, and game seven. No prediction yet at home at MSG. Predictionless. I love it. I think, and, I, think I think, but yeah, I, I think the Knicks win tomorrow. But I think they'll win game five, and then we lose game six in Atlanta, and then back at the Garden. See what, and we're playing, you know, playing with house money. Pick them, pick them game seven at the Garden. Yep, that's what I think. And thank you so much for the time. Thank no you problem, for your energy friend. around the team and, and for everything. It was an honor to have you join us. It was an honor to get your insights. So thank you very much, Ant. It was an honor to have you ask me. A shout out to the legend, Bobby C. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. We'll be back. Jack Roche and Chris Percy Iden after this break. One-on-one, longest-running college show in New York sports, WFUV. We'll see you soon.